It's never heard of a podcast. This is Sean Harwell. You are listening to the show where we talk about the movies that have fallen uh, through my cracks. Do I have more than one crack? Through my crack and my co-host's crack. And my co-host has a name and a crack, and his name is Craig Moorhead. So please, Craig, would you say hello and something else to the people? Hello, people. Uh, welcome back to the, the 2019 Never Heard of It podcast uh series season three season three can you believe it we haven't been canceled i know Uh, we're always on the bubble as they say in the industry always on the bubble crossing my fingers for syndication yeah craig yeah how the heck are you i'm doing all right sean i just got back from a week of vacation of sun and fun in the Mm. sun and uh so i'm feeling relaxed i'm feeling good feeling uh, ready to get back to things talking about horrible childhood trauma and uh, uh, abuse. Yeah. But first, what I'd really like to talk about is where people can find us. Please do. I will. So you can find us, uh, Never Heard of It Podcast. You can find us uh, on our website, neverheardpodcast.com. And uh, from there, you can find pretty much anything you need to find about us. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. You can uh, literally listen to every single episode on that site. If you want to do that, it's just they're lined up for you and ready to go. You just pour through them all. Uh, not a single bad one in the bunch, which I think nope. is still pretty amazing. And uh, and if you didn't already, uh, you can listen to the tee up that we did last week for the movie we're about to talk about today, which would be David. You know, you might want to, I don't know, you might need this tee up. You might need to prepare a little yeah, more than normal. I think so. And if they want to watch the movie, it's on Amazon Prime right now. Amazon Prime right now. In glorious, uh, upscaled standard definition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Craig, how about those Grammys last night? Man, can you believe all the people that won the Grammys, especially that one? Wow. Yeah, right? that one was pretty crazy. Ooh. Did you watch a second of the Grammys? No, didn't see any of it. I saw, oh, though, this morning that uh, Childish Gambimo, uh, Gambimo, <laughs> the Childish Gambino won for uh, This Is America, and he wasn't there. And that, for some reason, warmed my heart. I don't even know why. Me too. But it made me uh, feel yeah, good about the Grammys. Yeah, there's something nice about that. Just, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of, uh, you know, if I could write a song, I feel like that's what I'll do. Like, yeah, okay, I got nominated for Grammy. I ain't going. Yeah. Yeah, because I uh, sure, sure didn't watch. Anyway. No. Uh, instead of talking about things we didn't watch, it's been a while, so let's mm. talk about what else you watched, Craig. Oh, man, I'm glad you asked, because I made a list. I, I want to watched a bunch of stuff. Yeah, every single thing that you've seen okay. since uh, we last recorded a full episode in December. All right. Well, here we go. All right. I'm uh, going watched... to just lean back for a second because I feel yeah, like I might go ahead, need to rest. Light up your uh, your pipe and uh, <laughs> and I'll take take it from here. Okay. Uh, watch the Black Mirror Season 2 Christmas special, White Christmas with John Hamm. Uh, if you haven't seen it, that's a bummer. Um, it's, you know, it's good. It's Black Mirror. It's fine. Cool. Uh, and I started watching, uh, Kyung being my wife, started watching Akira Kurosawa movies because a friend lent me his, like, huge collection of Criterion Kurosawa movies. That's a nice So I friend. said, yeah, I said, we're starting right at the beginning. We're going to watch these obscure Kurosawa movies and just watch Genius at Work. And your wife said, yay. Yeah, yeah she was... Very excited. 
Um, but so we started with Sanshiro Sugata. Mm-hmm. That was fine. There were moments that were nice. There was a lot of stuff that was odd. It was about it was about like uh, a, groups of men who have two different fighting styles and how they come to sort of f- or fight each other. I guess okay. you could say. Yeah. So there are like fight scenes, but the fight scenes are really about grappling. It's hmm. like uh, what is that jujitsu? I guess versus yeah. judo. I don't, I can't remember something like that. But it's you know guys grabbing each other's uh, collars. And like that would be a fight scene, and then one of them gonna get thrown across the room and die or something. Well, that, was, the ending sounds exciting there. Yeah. Well, I, you know what? That's not even the ending. Oh, okay. Um, so regardless, it was odd, fine, short, brief, uh, brisk bit of business. Good acting, can't mm-hmm. complain. But it was kind of like I don't know. I don't know if I want to watch another one of those. <laughs> and and there's like a sequel to it, like two years later. And I was like, we're not gonna watch that one. I think we got the I idea. That one. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, we, we moved on to another one called The Men Who Tread on the Tiger's Tail, which was really pretty funny. It was it was this great uh, setup. It's like this, I, I guess, a famous Japanese play, but it's about these guys who uh, dress up basically as, as uh, uh, traveling priests, but they're actually uh, warriors oh. from a defeated clan, and they're trying to get through enemy territory without anyone figuring out it's them. And... You know, it's just the tension that you would imagine would arise from that. And that was a good time. That it's was a great a good title. It is, isn't it? It's yeah. very long, and yet it works. Um, but back to America, right? Because that's what we're really, that's what we care about. Uh, watch the, the new Mission Impossible movie. Made me very tense the whole that time. That was a fallout. Uh, man, there was a lot of fallout. Yeah. There was much more fallout in this one, I would say, than any of the previous ones. Huh. So... Money's worth right there. Spider-Man into the multiverse or into the Spider-Verse? Into the something-verse? Yeah. That was great. That's what I'm hearing. I'm excited to see that. Really loved watching it, and it's just it's an animation style that I don't see a lot of anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, was uh, yeah, so I was pretty blown away by that. Loved it. Um, uh, watched Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I should have said this one first because I don't want to end on a down note. That movie <laughs> was not good. In so many ways that it boggles my mind, it was nominated for anything except, of course, our main guy, uh, Remy Malik, I think, playing uh, Freddie Mercury. Like, yeah. He's absolutely amazing. Like, There's no doubt about the fact that he is amazing. Everything else in that movie is complete garbage. I couldn't believe it. Wow. Like, I could not believe what I was watching. It was a real bummer. Um, but those were my travels and travails in the world of movies. What about you? Well, I still need to see Bohemian Rhapsody. I, you know, it seems rather divisive. It's uh, mm. fine or great or garbage. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I wonder, wonder where the truth lies, Craig. Yes, probably with what I said. <laughs> probably. I watched a bunch of stuff, you know, um, a lot of stuff from last year. I think I, I can't remember if I had finished Black Klansman last time we talked. Saw that. No, ben is back. So. Uh, Mandy, I got around to watching. Nicholas oh, Cage, yeah, I want to see that. Insanity. Uh, Bird Box, Roma, Beautiful Boy. Uh, what else? The Fire Festival documentary, although I guess that's from this year specifically. Tag, I watched, uh, which my buddy Jeff How Thompson made. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. It looked really fun. It looked like something that, yeah. Yeah. If it's, if it's executed just right, it would be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm a big fan of. 
uh, that that's Hannibal uh, Burris in yeah. in there, and I, I'm not that familiar with his comedy, but I thought he was great. I'd like to see him in more things. Cool. Uh, rewatch Close Encounters, and uh, two things I want to talk about specifically. Mm-hmm. One, I had my first ever complete viewing of Sleepaway Camp, the 1983 horror classic. Oh, welcome, welcome to the yeah. to the club. Courtesy yeah. of Shutter, thank you. Uh, wow, yeah, that's an experience, yeah, for sure. Right? With, yeah. with an ending you will not soon forget. No, it's a great ending. I mean, I think a lot of people probably know the ending. I mean, I, I, yeah. I did at least, although I still didn't know the, the, the imagery of it. And that is, uh, mm-hmm. man, that sticks with you. You're absolutely right. It's a, it's a creepy, creepy ending. Um, yeah, questionable politics involved, perhaps, in the, <laughs> yeah. in the ending. But, you know, that, that was not crossing their mind, obviously, when they made it. Found myself... Sure. Going down the YouTube hole of watching interviews with the cast members since then, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, but also want to say, if you have not seen the movie Eighth Grade, directed by Bo Burnham of stand-up fame, I absolutely love that movie. I thought it was one of the best from last year that I saw so far. And uh, Elsie Fisher in the title, not the title role, but in the lead role. Although playing she is eighth the, grade she is the title eighth grader mm-hmm. uh absolutely fantastic I think she should have been nominated for an oscar craig didn't happen would have been nice wow. uh great movie i i think uh you should go watch that right now a bunch of these are streaming aren't they yeah that's on, like amazon, on Prime. amazon and stuff yeah yeah uh, i, I got it, it i gotta do it um short sweet very good and awesome. uh yeah i really liked roma too if it wins best picture fine by me alfonso Cuarón's great obviously oh, it's beautiful um but when I, I want to kind of want to revisit uh, before I really profess yeah. my undying love. But that that's it pretty much. That's that's hey, that's a good uh, that's a good group of movies. Yeah, to have watched. So yeah. um, approved. Black Landsman was really really good too, and I, and I finally got Isle of Dogs. So I'm watch I'm excited to watch that next. I also started watching The Crown, the first season of that, and I've I've really enjoyed that. So yeah. Far. What's uh, who's the main Claire Foy? Is that her Claire name? Claire Foy plays, yeah, Queen yeah. Elizabeth. Like she is great. John Lithgow really great. too. He's yeah. ex- makes an excellent Churchill. I wouldn't have uh, re- immediately thought of that, but he does. Yeah. Oh, we started watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, mm-hmm. which I guess you know most people are already onto or whatever. Yeah, but uh, we've been totally blown away by that. Cool. Uh, everybody in it is great, but man, Tony Shalhoub, every moment he's on screen. It is hilarious. Like he is, my God, Excellent. that guy is, yeah, he's just, I don't know, better than he's ever been. It's, it's amazing. So, but that's but, good, man. Yeah. Yeah. But is he better than mm-hmm. Matthew Lawrence? Well, that's what we're going to find out today, Sean. We when are. We talk about David, the 1988 TV movie starring Bernadette Peters, John Glover, Dan Loria, and Matthew Lawrence. Who's that? Bad man. Well, tell me about this bad man. It's my daddy. That's right. It was directed by John Ehrman and written by uh, who did this teleplay? Dag Nabbitt. Stephanie Liss. Sorry, mm-hmm. Stephanie, based on the memoir or nonfiction event written by Marie Rothenberg and Mel White. We didn't do the synopsis, although if you listen to Tee Up, you know exactly what you're getting. And uh, I'll give it today just in case. The true story of David Rothenberg, who, whose disturbed father set him on fire. 
That's the entire synopsis that they give. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, but somewhat, somewhat fair, somewhat fair to say. Sure. sure. Uh, Craig. Yeah. You time traveled a little bit to 1988, sitting in the living room on the shag carpet, probably not shag carpet, but probably carpet, in front of the giant wooden encased, or veneer at least, TV set. That's right. Uh, I think it was a Sunday night on ABC. Mm-hmm. You watched David. What did you think? Uh, Man, <laughs> I don't know, Sean. <laughs> that was... I don't know. Hey, clearly everybody making this movie is uh, no one's phoning it in. No, you know what I mean, Big I'll time. say that about it first and foremost. Like everyone was taking it very seriously. It's a very serious subject matter. Um, so I can't say that I was necessarily bored at any time during the movie. Hmm. I will say that at the end of it, I felt like I felt like I should have gotten something more out of that for it to have for it to have been a movie. I felt like I needed. I should have gotten more than what I got. Does okay. that make any sense? It does a little bit. I, yeah. I'm kind of with you in thinking that I, I, I wasn't predicting that the movie was was done when it was done, right. uh, story wise anyway. But uh, once again, before we get too far, let us thank Todd Rohoff for suggesting we watching it, and then I guess thank ourselves for just following through with that because that doesn't yeah. always happen, right? No, we, we're terrible at follow-through. Um, I kind of thought this was a tough movie in the sense that there's parts that are, yeah, tough to watch, but also it must have been tough as hell to make this movie. Like I, can't, I found yeah. myself thinking that this morning after watching it last night. It's going, man, I don't, you, as a director, as a writer, like everybody involved, I'm just like, that, that's a tough one to approach. Like how do you mm-hmm. put yourself in that mindset of – you know, writing this out and then, you know, following through with it over the course of a couple of weeks. Matthew Lawrence, that's a really tough role to play just yeah. a normal kid who has this very terrible traumatic event and then spends half the movie covered completely in gauze bandages. Or makeup. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bernadette Peters, that's an extremely hard role to play because it's asking a lot out of you, I guess, dramatically mm-hmm. without becoming completely overbearing. And we can talk about whether she crossed that line or not. <laughs> um, maybe the only person here who gets to sort of like, I mean, I hate to say have fun, but would be John Glover pay, playing the right. dead. Because like at least, you know, if you're of a sound mind as a human being, that's nothing you ever can really imagine doing. So you're you're really just, you know, kind of grabbing this by the horns, I think, and pretending to be this maniac. Um, yeah. So maybe he enjoyed that. I don't know. <laughs> but the rest of them is like, man, whew, that would have been a tough shoot. That would have been a long yeah. three weeks probably. Yeah. I totally agree. And that, that was one of the things, yeah, going in was just like, man, this is this is so dark. I mean, yeah, like there's just, yeah, I guess maybe that is the thing. Like you can't have any fun with this movie. Right. Like there's not, you're sitting down to watch this. It's pointed in one direction. Mm-hmm. And, and it, yeah, it just feels like you're climbing down into a hole that I don't know that the rest of the movie you climbed back out of. 
maybe you weren't supposed to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, oof, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll figure out, maybe I'll be able to figure out my feelings as we talk about it today. Yeah, perhaps. Let's just give the overall sort of story arc of this thing, because then maybe mm-hmm. people will have a better appreciation of, of what you're specifically getting at, I think, is, you know, we're basically getting the a little bit of the establishing situation in the present that David is living with his mother, Bernadette Peters, and she has divorced her ex-husband, played by John Glover, mm-hmm. although he's still in town. I think they're in Brooklyn. Um, he still sees David somewhat frequently, or uh, at least does now with his current job, which is a little situation that's fluid, which we'll talk right. about. And there has been an arranged weekend where David is supposed to spend some time and at least go to a one hockey game with Marie's new boyfriend, uh, John, played by Dan Loria. Mm-hmm. So that, I think, perhaps is the impetus of some of the conflict that Charles, the biological father, feels um, and... His obsession with his child and maybe obsession more with revenge to his now ex-wife uh, it turns into him asking if he can keep David for a week. And this is, you know, uh, kind of a no starter for Marie at first because, you know, David's already going for the weekend with a new boyfriend. Um, but Charles pleads. He says he's taking a new job. He's not going to be able to see David quite as much because he works nights and weekends. Just let him have his son for a week. He wants to go on a vacation. And then he promises after that week he won't ask for any more additional time other than what they've already agreed to through custody. Uh, That turns into a quick trip. Uh, I still don't know if they flew or not, but they ended up in Disneyland, California. It's quite a bit away in a different car, a rental car. So I'm guessing they flew. And uh, it's raining. And so instead of spending time uh, in the amusement park, they spend a lot of time in the hotel. There's some frustration. At one point, David just asks if he can go home. And that night, Charles pours kerosene on him, uh, lights the match. The room explodes. Charles is watching from the car. And then the it feels like it's pretty well divided into two halves, I think. Mm-hmm. Second half of the movie is all about David's recovery and the effect that that has on uh, Marie and her new boyfriend and also Charles, his situation then once he turns himself into the police and his trial. And it concludes with David walking out of the hospital. Gingerly, he's still completely covered in bandages. We know he's got Mm -hmm. a long road ahead of him and he will never have a normal life again normal in quotations Mm -hmm. but he's positive uh he's inspirational and he's taking those steps um you know i do wonder how differently this movie would have looked had the event still not been relatively recent you know because at the end of this movie you know and or when this came out i think david was only like uh, I don't know, like twelve or thirteen, wasn't he? Um, right. He's not that old, so it's still pretty fresh. Um, but 
maybe that has something to do with why it ends with him walking out of the hospital instead of anything that happened after that. Or maybe, I don't know, is the, if that just is more a product of this particular type of TV movie. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, yeah, it's definitely, definitely feels like TV of the time. Kind of, kind of a very special episode. Uh, that, that kind of feeling, you know? Yeah. Did you remember it, watching this at all? I mean, when you were sitting down no. with it, okay. I saw, no, I, some of not. it felt very familiar to me. And that, well, and that's what's weird about it. I mean, I don't know, 88, I seems like I would have remembered something like that. Like I remember yeah. some TV movies, but, uh, even some of the, like, there, there was one, for instance, there's one called, um, Alex, the life of a child. Okay. And I mean, I probably watched that when I was like nine. It was about this this little girl who had cystic fibrosis, <laughs> God. and it was like John, uh, not John C, but uh, um, uh, uh, Craig 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 T. T. Nelson. Okay, Craig T. Nelson was the dad in it. I can't remember who the who the mom was, but it was like it was like a traumatic. Like it's just like this family and everything's great, and then this girl is diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, and you just follow everything through to when she dies at the end. I was just like, holy cow. There's that something, was... yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought watching this movie, I mean, there is something entirely to this era about how much info and inf- entertainment, in quotations, was out there, seemingly just for the sheer purpose of scaring the living shit out of children. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this and, and like Adam, the, the Walsh story that we talked yeah. about last time, uh, even just the whole satanic panic stuff that's going on, Geraldo and in regards to music dare uh keeping kids off Mm -hmm. of drugs and like scared straight i mean there's a a better like uh what's the word i'm looking for psychoanalytic take on this i'm sure out there than i could possibly give but something was in the water damn it well and speaking of better takes like i kind of feel like um now hopefully now if this movie was made like I, i guess that's the thing this movie feels like Somebody had like uh, the article written up with all the facts in it, and then they just kind of made that. They kind of did that, right? Um, which, which, you know, that's that's commendable too. Honestly, like there doesn't seem like anything's made up, like outside of like uh, some melodramatic drama. Yeah, I mean, I mean, acting. It doesn't seem ne- necessarily like uh, you know it's it's too embellished, but. It does like I guess my thing is it feels a lot like uh, um, you spend a lot of time getting to know this dad who honestly seems loony at the very beginning, mm-hmm. and and it's just like that guy doesn't seem like a guy I would want to leave a kid with. But I get it, I can buy it because it is his kid, and I understand you know somebody being like, well, I can't keep him away from his kid. He's not really doesn't seem to be dangerous, right? Uh, but yeah, you know, and you follow that up to this like sensational, horrible moment where he burns his kid, which is like in the middle of the movie, I think. And then, uh, and then, yeah, you have, then you have this, uh, recovery and, and the end feels triumphant because they're rolling him out and people are applauding yeah. and yay, go David, you know, but like today I feel like this movie would have been a little more, um, would want to dig into a little more of the honest feelings surrounding like i gotta imagine at some point somebody was like jesus christ like this this kid's life is just gonna be shit from now on and it's not like he went he went on to do great things but i'm just saying like 
oh my god like i don't know it just it seems so inspirational from the time he's burned alive by his father yeah and it's never dealt with other than like you're safe now oh he's going to jail you know it's just like oh shit no there's like mountains more to deal with um so I don't know, like that. I guess that's why by the end it just felt kind of superficial. Yeah, it's interesting because I was wondering about that too. I was like, is is there a message in this movie? Yeah, I mean, I try to like again, sort of compare it to what I take in from when I see like you know commercial for a lifetime movie, right? And I, I think this has a little bit of that element in that, you know, yeah, you can question why Marie let her son go with uh, Charles and have a week. But I thought they handled that okay. And then after that, I, I do think there is a, a certain le- level of saying, trust your instincts if you're a woman in mm-hmm. a bad, damaged relationship with a man you know to be abusive or sure. questionably you know, motived. Um, and that still felt like, okay, like that element would translate to 2019 very well, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, um, if this were to be remade. Yeah. But then you're right. It's like the next half of it sort of is a response to that where Marie doesn't give an inch to anybody, to her new boyfriend who, who he, he does at least bring up the question, you know, and he talks about like, what kind of life is David going to have? And, you know, I can't, I, I don't see David when I look at him now. Uh, which was kind of interesting to to play on him, and then you know Marie goes to church and prays for forgiveness for you know not necessarily wanting her child to survive this, mm-hmm. but it's I don't know it would be handled so differently. Um, yeah, and then I I don't know like as much as it felt like they were going for the inspirational thing with David getting out of the hospital there. In some ways, like it just it was so overtaken by Marie, which I guess you kind of have to be in that second half. Yeah, and, and how she's like not, you know, like I said, like she's just not gonna budge. Like everything has to be yeah. done the way that she wants it, and she demands answers. And you know, there's just a lot of stuff to deal with as a parent, right? Which again is just part of like why it's so tough to, to, to watch and think about them. Oh man, I mean that's the it. thing. Even as yeah, even as like 80s and and somewhat cheesy as it can be sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um just just the subject matter is excruciating. Right. Like watching the run up to the actual event to me it's just excruciating. Like just yeah, totally. like this little kid who just wants to go to Disneyland and it's like you know he's just going to get burned. You're yeah. like god. <laughs> I know. Well, it's and uh let's talk about rough. this too because it's one of the few movies I can think of that I've ever seen where they used a title card uh, at the very beginning to tell you exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, You know, at least on the Amazon version, they kept that intact. And it says that uh, tonight's event is a dramatization of Marie Rothenberg's telling of the burning and survival of her son, David. Um, And I am positive that that's there just as a warning <laughs> to yeah. any like families at home getting ready to watch this and not knowing what they're getting into this you know it's right. gonna get dark um like they see the kid from give me a break and they're like this might be funny yeah oh they're gonna go to disneyland and play mini golf <laughs> yeah it's like no but uh no. yeah that's uh that's another thing where i just i don't know 
like would that survive a retelling of this today um the card at the beginning yeah that's interesting and then yeah i mean it probably wouldn't need it no mainly because like i would assume this movie made today this movie would be marketed a lot more narrowly yeah like i don't see it as like a mass consumption type movie i mean i don't think so no Um, way i mean so yeah so it would be marketed like you'd know you know the poster would be just like a kid on fire or something i don't know right and i I don't know i just wonder if they would handle like those scenes differently um or just make it darker from the word go a little bit right um but yeah, I don't know. To get back to this, so like the second half of it, I still don't. I just don't know how, exactly what you would do differently to sort of make it be something other than what what it is. You know, I mean, you would have to like right. invent some sort of new relationship with a doctor or a police officer, um, mm-hmm. which you know the Dan Lauria character already is a cop. Uh, right. Although I do think. In real life, Marie remarried a police officer that was involved in that investigation um, out in California. But I yeah. don't know. I just I don't know. I, I did find myself wondering that is like, you know, is there another version of this where like she would have some sort of relationship with the doctor and you could layer in something else? Um, right. That would. Well, <laughs> yeah. Quite so well, depressing. <laughs> I kind of. Yeah. I kind of assume it might be. It might be a thing where like you have her have more of a more of an emotional journey somehow. Um, I mean, if that makes any sense, but but like, yeah. I mean, obviously it's very emotional, but she starts out as a good person and then this thing happens and she struggles with it. And then at the end, everything's fine. But like, she's not really, I don't know, like I don't aside from like clearly knowing that she should never trust a man again for the rest of her life. That. You know, like, I I don't know how she's different from the beginning. You know, not that you really have to have that arc, but, like, it would... I don't know. If it's her movie, then great. And, like, that's... It feels like it should have something to do with that. It's hard to focus totally on David. Yeah. You know, you'd have to have a pretty extraordinary actor yeah. pulling that off. And I thought Matthew Lawrence was just fine in this, actually. I mean, sure. know, he, was, he was perfectly good. Uh, I'm yeah. thinking now, and it didn't occur to me at all watching this, of the movie Mask with uh, Cher and yeah. Eric Stoltz and uh, Sam Elliott, I believe. Now, I'd have to rewatch that, but, you know, that one, like, if I'm not mistaken, was up for Oscars. And I'm just wondering, like, where exactly the line is and, like, how you approach something like this where yeah. I mean, the stories aren't entirely different. You know, it was about a mother right. dealing with a child that's got, you know... Uh, severe disability in a sense at least from the way people will approach him after you know this event uh yeah just like what that like i don't know i do think you're right in that it is like it is giving marie another layer or something else like in that second half even though i don't know if that i mean this may be way more realistic because yeah if you're a parent you're probably just that is your entire life after something like this happens right true True. I mean, yeah, I can't really say that that was, you know, wrong really in the way it was done. I do wonder though if, um, you know, I wonder if like sort of the 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 burning should sort of happen maybe at the end of the first act. Yeah. And the rest of it is really dealing with the aftermath because I because I, I don't know I don't I just don't know how much you really get out of that 
like that all that buildup. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about know. that because I do. There's some key yeah. points in that opening that I found, you know, kind of crazy and amusing and different. I had different feelings on, and mm-hmm. like one of them is just the very. I mean, the the title credits alone. Like the font they use is, it's borderline Comic Sans, um, but it's made to look very childish. The score by, who is your man? Marvin Hamlish. That's right. Uh, Is almost like a a nursery sort of, uh, you know, a crib mobile that plays music or something. It has that sort of like... But like a little uh, creepier. Yeah, well... But that that transition killed me every time because it's like this plinkly yeah. little playful thing, and then it just goes and gets super dark. <laughs> and there's even one moment like I did kind of like what they did visually in the opening. Like you're just sort of it's almost like the beginning of what I remember at least uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. The film did where they used a lot of like close ups, uh, and you're just sort of panning across the objects in a child's room. You know, right. but one of those like dark swells in the score happens when you go across a photo of David with Charles um, that's framed. Ah, so, yeah, I was just yeah. like, that's a little, that's a little much. That's that's not quite as subtle. I mean, but it, again, you've already had a title card tell you exactly what. Right. You, you well, don't that's necessarily the thing. I mean, it's know. Not, yeah. yeah, it's not at all subtle. Like, no, you know, like like that's that's true, and it, and it never really tries to be. And, and that's fine. I mean, that's, it's certainly consistent in that way. Like yeah. it's not, but I think at, at the time, like there's no way this would have been a subtle movie. Oh no. Like John Glover could not have come on and acted like Dan Laria, for instance, and just been sort of a normal Natural, guy. Natural, normal guy. Yeah. He had to be, his eyes had to be crazy. And he's going to take him away from me. <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. Oh geez, guys. He looks like, this will sound crazy. Uh, there were so many times where I looked at him and thought Hugh Grant and Matthew McConaughey, like just in the, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're yeah. second or, cousins. Yeah. Do you him. know who, like, uh, uh, if I say the name John C. McGinley? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a good comparison. Like too. That was another. He seemed very close yeah. to being. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but correct me if I'm wrong. So we open and it's David just and Marie in a typical morning. She's trying to get him ready for school and get herself ready yeah. for work. Um, and then the first time we cut to and see Charles, he is like hanging on the fence at the public school, just watching oh, yeah. creepily from a distance. When, He's got fingerless gloves on, I think. Yeah, and David... Which in the 80s meant you were a bad guy. Yeah, if this is happening simultaneously, like David literally just walked out of bed. Like he's not <laughs> he's yeah. not expected to be there at that moment, it appears, you know. Um, so I'm just like, what is he already doing at the school? This, yeah, what, this super is, creepy to yeah. begin with, yeah. Uh, uh, a couple other things that I liked here was, you know, Marie made David an egg and he finally rolls into the breakfast room, you know, like any kid. Later than you would want them to, and uh, she's made a, this egg sandwich, and then she steps out of the room, and he takes the eggs out and puts it in the cat bowl, and I'm right. just like, man, that's all I could think is that that cat is going to have diarrhea for like a week and a half. From <laughs> no one's taking care of that cat. Um, yeah. But then you get the little moment where Marie acknowledges that uh, she knows exactly what David did, 
And she's really forgiving about that. Like, that's another, it's just one of these stupid things where, and I know, like, if you don't have kids, you hate hearing about this stuff. But, right. man, Craig, there's, that scene would have gone so differently in my household yeah. if I found In that. real life? Yeah. yeah. I mean, forget that she gave, or, you know, if your kid gives the cat uh, the food and the cat's going to get sick. Right. He, he didn't eat anything. Like, you can't, like, that right. would just been like, no, you're, you're eating something now. I don't care. You're taking it on the bus. You're eating in the car. Something. Like, you can't just send them yeah. off of the well, smile. And that's a good yeah. point. That would be something I would have loved to see is a little more realistic relationship between the two totally. of them. In, in exactly that way. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, your kid feeds their breakfast to the cat. Like, your morning is has just gone into overdrive. Like, You've got to figure out, like, get the <laughs> breakfast done. It's yeah. time to go. Like, yeah, that that would have been nice. There, there was a bit later. Not, not to jump too far. Oh, that's forward. fine. That's all I had from that little moment, anyway. Well, it because just be, just because of that stuff at the beginning, where it's like, well, we have to set up that she's a loving mom and they love each other and make it very sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, there was a bit later where Matthew Lawrence is, you know, once he's been kidnapped and doesn't know it, where they're in a diner. And it's like the fourth or fifth time that his dad is saying, oh, we'll go to Disneyland tomorrow. Yeah. And like Matthew Lawrence is like done with that shit. He's like, no, like I want to go right now. And like starts kind of throwing a tantrum. And I was like, that's real. Yeah. Like that I is totally, that's perfect. Yep. Like that's the kind of stuff I almost want to see more of. Because that's just a little kid. And like, man, my kids, they wouldn't stand for like putting off one day of yeah, Disneyland if I said it. we're going to Disneyland. Like forget <laughs> it. Yeah. And um well, I don't want to jump around too much either, but it's also yeah. compounded by the fact that like his excuse that they're not going into the park for the for the most part is due to the weather because it's raining. But mm-hmm. but then they have this inexplicable scene where they're eating burgers and fries at the motel pool in a downpour. <laughs> and like they're under the pool, you know, the table umbrella, but they're just, I mean, yeah. they're just getting soaked and they're having like, it's so much fun. And isn't it, I mean, I guess he, did right. he say that the park was closed because of the weather? I think he did at one point. So, I think he did. Yeah. Which I feel like now they just, they wouldn't close it. Just all the rides no, would be closed. There's no still, way. Yeah. You're still going to yeah, make their money. There's still a million dollars walking in there every oh, hour. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, so they go to school and David's there. Uh, well, excuse me, Charles is there, of course, already creeping on everybody. And immediately it's like, okay, I see what the relationship here is, is that Marie has kind of had to be the parent and Charles just gets to be the friend, uh, the buddy buddy. Right. You know, he's playing with David. And uh, there's some back and forth a little bit with Marie. But one of the things that I was kind of confused by then was, you know, Marie goes to work, and once she comes home, David and Charles are in her apartment. And right. I can't remember the exact conversation, but um, yeah, uh, Charles said something about, uh, you know, why are you late? Or, like, it took you long enough to get here or something. And it was like, who's taking care of my kid? And I was like, well, wait, like, who is taking it? Like, how did he, does she yeah. just normally let this, like, six, seven-year-old kid come home by himself in New York? Yeah, I mean, that definitely seems dicey. I was Although I would say, it, yeah. like, I'm pretty sure when I was seven, I was walking home from school to my house by myself, latchkey kid, that whole thing. Yeah. But I wasn't in Brooklyn. 
I don't know if that makes it better or worse. Yeah, I don't. I just didn't have the impression that that was the situation. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem bizarre. Yeah, it was a little weird to me. Um, but man, uh, Charles gets super whiny, and I think it's after oh, this. Uh, I don't know if it was our introduction to the Dan Loria character, but Charles goes to talk to John, the new boyfriend, who is a cop. Mm-hmm. And asks about the weekend, if he can keep David. But then he's really wanting John to put in like a word with Marie and, you know, plea to her that they share custody and not turn David against against him, his own father. But holy cow, like uh, what John Glover does with the character in that scene or what they do together with the director and everything. No, he, he came across as crazy to me in all of that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean I mean if someone was legitimately acting that way in real life. No way. Like exactly that way. Yeah. You, everyone behind their back would be like that dude is not right. Yeah, and it's like, it's a little problematic to me story-wise then just because you got a cop who's seen that side of this guy right. and then when Marie, your new girlfriend is saying I don't feel good about this. Why can't I get in touch with my son? Why is no one picking up the phone? Um, he's he's pretty dismissive of it um, as yeah. being any anything of real concern. So, I, like, it just feels a little inconsistent to me. You know, maybe. Oh, and I'd like to point out in in at least one of the scenes where he's being dismissive. They're walking between barrels of just like fire barrels, <laughs> dude. Barrels yeah. of fire. I was like, well. Mm. Well, boy, that's going to feel bad later. Yeah, and I didn't even really pick up on the foreshadowing just because the way, oh, yeah, like they're in, they go to out on a date to Chinatown, uh, Marie and John, the new boyfriend, and they're walking back and just talking. And, uh, you know, she's explaining her concern a little bit. I was so distracted by that fire, Craig. It's in the foreground, and I didn't, yeah. I didn't never see a shot of an actual barrel. But even if you did, who the hell is just burning? Like, are they just burning trash out in a barrel? Right, right. In the middle of the afternoon. Why is that a part of like a yeah fairground yeah. or whatever? But totally foreshadowing. But yeah. uh, I want to just like quickly acknowledge uh, two other things with that scene where Charles approached uh, John the cop. Uh, when John finally pulls away from Charles in his car, Charles is just left screaming after him, running after John down the street. And they are literally right outside a police station. <laughs> Um, so I thought that was kind of comical and hilarious. I feel like, you know, some other cop there or something would have happened, but then he, I don't know, he winds his way through some alleys or something. And the next thing you know, he's showing up at a door that I think is like an emergency exit or entrance and he's banging on it. And then in the next shot, he's just smashing all the, like the dinnerware in a restaurant and throwing the pots and pans around. And Craig, I, oh, yeah. I was so confused by that. I had no idea what was going on there or where he was. Did they, did I miss where they had established that he worked at a restaurant? Uh, not that I remember, no. Because it comes up later and you do piece it together. But that's like one of those things I was like, I don't know if this is is painting his character as crazy as much as it is just confusing me about what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there was that. It was confusing, but we do find out later when Charles, like he gets all dressed up and he invites Marie out to dinner. And this is his like big ploy here. He, he acts apologetically. He says he's quit his job at the restaurant 
and he's taken a new job and that's the one that's gonna like occupy more of his time so he will have less time to see david therefore he wants to keep him for a week um there's a bit in there that was layered in which i think we talked about in the tee up uh where charles mentions that he doesn't want david to grow up without a father the way that he did um right so there's some of that right i i appreciate that i also you know just appreciate the fact that marie gets to say i don't want to hear anything else about you asking for more time if i agree to that because that i mean that's the biggest leap in in all that story is just like why she let her son go with this guy when she had a bad feeling to begin with you know yeah of course that's all hindsight it's easy to be judgmental um Mm -hmm. but yeah and then they're off and uh okay i don't want to dwell too much on this but charles has an orange vita bug we know um yeah it's when he picked up david he tears off down the street and that i mean i guess we believe they 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 got a flight and they flew out to disneyland to california okay it would have been nice to just see one shot of them on the plane is all I'm saying, you know? Right, right. Because you're leaving. I mean, you're going to an entirely different side of the country. And the last thing we saw was them pulling off in a car, you know? Yeah. Uh, that would have helped. Uh, I thought it was interesting that when Charles checks in. Well, no, back up. That when they arrive to Disneyland, they get out of the car. And like the first thing, like they're flipping out. And I think it was Charles mainly about the fact that they have mini golf at Disneyland. Like, yeah, that's just not on like on my list of things to be excited about. No, an amusement park, even in 83 or 85, whenever this was filmed, I feel like mini find that in any major city. Yeah. Mini golf is way down at the bottom of the list. Anyway, (laughs) they check into a hotel. Uh, do you remember the alias he used? Um, oh man, what did he say? No, I don't remember. David Love. David Charles? Oh, David Love. Yeah. Oof. But then, Craig, I was yep. confused. Did they actually stay in that hotel? But they, they switched hotels, didn't they, at some point? It seems like they switched hotels really quickly, yeah. Why? I didn't. Because that's what uh, I was so confused by. I was assuming he was just trying to mo- keep moving around. Now, here's a situation where I feel like if this hadn't been a TV movie, it would have been nice to just like layer in like, okay, Charles is planning something, but he gets a bad, there's like something bad about this hotel or he's got like a nosy neighbor or like there's some reason that's tied to his nefarious plan as to why they switch hotels. Because here I was just like, wait, what? We never saw the other hotel except for the fact that he checked in as uh, David Love. And now he's saying, yeah. well, this place has an arcade and a waterbed, which... Oh, man. Dude. I mean, did you find yourself thinking about that waterbed all the time? <laughs> I don't even... Yeah. Like, like, yeah, the idea that, yeah, they run in and they jump on the waterbed. I'm just like, man. Well, and then... Motel waterbed. I know, but then all the stuff yes, that happened, like... I just oh was, no yeah I did I mean, think about that yeah like, well and, and I wondered if that would come into play like yeah. like that's basically why he didn't die or something yeah that would have been interesting it's like well the waterbed uh, saved him but, no I know and I was just like this is bad I shouldn't be thinking but I mean even yeah. there was like a moment where I think it was Charles like he's on the bed and he just kind of rolls over and stares longingly at the picture of him and David that's in a frame. I think it was, I think it was Charles. And like, he's just 
slightly jiggling because of the water, the water bed. Yeah. It's supposed to be like this sort of like serious moment where you know it's like it's going to get real, real quick. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> nobody misses waterbeds, so that's it. No, um, that's true. Do you want to describe, and we don't have to get in too much detail, but just walk through the events a little bit that led like up to the immediate, like right before and then the, the actual burning scene? Sean, I'd love to. Okay. Uh, uh, well, what, one thing that I, I don't quite remember, and I was just trying to think of, is... What is the thing that really finally sets him off? So I, I, I don't know, David, dude. Yeah, David has a tantrum, you know. Uh-huh. So so like the the pressure's kind of rising. I feel like he got in touch with Marie, called Marie, and then she said that's the conversation where you're she right. said when you when you bring him back, you're never gonna see him again. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh shit! Like even me watching, I was like, man. That is the wrong thing to say to your crazy ex-husband. Can I do a little side note on that scene? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, Maria by this point has figured out that uh, Charles did not take David to the Catskills, uh, as he told her, because... And also, John knows that, yeah, that's a summer place that he talked about, like that they're not even open this time of year. Um, Right. So they've got, like, the APB out looking for this guy, and it's become real serious, and... Charles calls Marie while she's at work. And man, I mean, like the way Bernadette Peters plays that scene, like she is flipping out and rightfully so Mm -hmm. yelling, screaming at him over the phone. But the way they shot that, you can see one of her coworkers blurred in the background and that guy doesn't move an inch. Like he, <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah. just like, who are these coworkers that are just sitting here letting this, I mean, like he's just going right on with whatever he's, you know, using his calculator yeah. on his computer. <laughs> and I was oh just like, Hey, I, I would have gone home like immediately. <laughs> um, if I'd been either one of them anyway, sorry, that just made yeah, me laugh. No, yeah. that is, that is absolutely true. I didn't even think about that. Yep. But so they have this conversation to which uh, crazy Charles says, well, now you're never going to see him again or something. Yeah. Like I was going to give you a second chance, but now you're never going to see him again. So that's great. And then uh, uh, I don't remember if anything, what happens between those two things, but then David and and Charles are back at the hotel, motel, motor inn, probably. Holiday inn. Sorry. Holiday inn. And uh, Charles gives... David, a sleeping pill, mm-hmm. which is, man, uh, God, the whole thing makes me feel so sick. I know. <laughs> he, get, he gives his son a sleeping pill and he says, you know, this will just help you sleep because, you know, so we can have lots of fun tomorrow, you know, so you sleep well. I mean, if I tried to give my kid a sleeping pill and said, it's so you can get some good sleep, I feel like my kid would say, dude, I sleep like 12 hours a night. Yeah. Like, as soon as you turn his light out, I'm going to be asleep. Like, what, sleeping pill? I don't understand. I just wouldn't have been able really to uh, get my daughter to swallow that pill, I don't think. Like, I just, right. like, physically, that would be the next three like, hours. this isn't a chewable? I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. No, just swallow it. No, put it in some jelly. It put it in some peanut butter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, uh, but no, so it gives a kid a sleeping pill. Kid falls asleep. He uh, then, then he goes out to his car, pulls out a big can of kerosene. Yep. Dumps it all over the bed. Uh, says something, which I can't remember now. I don't know if you wrote that down. I don't. Uh, something like, no, now there'll be no more pain. Oh, David, yeah. Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's in the uh, in the little part from the trailer, too, that I put in the tee up. So, it's yeah, it's something about no oh, more okay. fights, no more 
uh, custody battles, you know, no more. Right. It's creepy. It's it's very creepy. Uh, he he lights a match in the cool way with his thumb, mm-hmm. which I've never been able to do. I'm glad they and went then, for the uh, cool way in that moment, too. It really needed Yeah. <laughs> it was really good for the commercial, I'm sure. Yeah. They brought people in. Yeah, I guarantee you're right, yeah. Yeah. But then he throws it on the bed. I don't. You don't really get a shot of the bed, I don't think. I feel like he throws it in, yeah. and then from then on, we're outside. You see him walking away, and... You can kind of kind of see through the window that like the lights are rising from the fire. Yep. Then pretty much curtains are on fire. Then there's an explosion. Um, I wondered about that a little bit, but I guess if the if the kerosene can is in that room, then that definitely could have exploded. That could have exploded. Yeah. Um. So so yeah. So you had the explosion. He walks away. Uh. Now here's something. Also kind of a side note, but. Um, man, it's not that I want to delve into the, uh, the psychology I know. of a father who would hurt his kids that way. Um, but I am kind of fascinated in a horrible way with that kind of stuff where, you, you know, where you have, and we've had, it. I, I feel like we've had so many of these in the last few years and I guess it's probably happened forever, but where like fathers just murder their whole family. Yep. And it's just like, how the hell, how the hell could you do that? Like, how, like, how could you like stomach doing that? Like, how, how do you, how would your mind get to that place? Right. Um, and, it, and I guess, so a part of me is like, if you're going to make half of this movie about how this guy's going to burn his kid, like, I don't know, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I would never be able to get to a place where I'd be like, oh, now I understand why he burned the kid. But no, it's tough. Uh, I mean, because I think ultimately the line sort of falls on the crazy spectrum. Right. But most of that comes out a little bit later, you know, when he's talking to the police or FBI and he explains that he, he did intend to kill them both. Uh, but he chickened out and mm-hmm. he wanted to, to do it in a way that Marie wouldn't be able to identify either one of them. So it's, it's revenge motivated a little bit. Right. Uh, but then, you know, uh, there was a moment where it felt like uh, I'm sure, oh, I was trying to remember where is my note here. Uh, oh yeah, he he keeps like wavering with the police. Like he's like, I'm not saying she's like like I know Marie's not a terrible person, but her mouth is just like if you could hear her, the things she says. Uh, and then right. ultimately he's like and he's trying to like portray himself as a victim a little bit, but then he says, and then I found out she was the devil. And I was like, okay, I yeah. think like that line. Like I needed that line, I guess, to like solidify this version of that character. A little bit. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, like he might be just off in La La Land uh, mentally here by this point, And that has a yeah. lot to do with it. Well, and, and you know, the, the other thing, I think you're exactly right. And I think the other thing, like maybe I could have used was either a character who seemed a little, a little more aggressive or a little more angry. Yeah. Like a lot of the way the character was played seemed almost childlike. Very much so. And and so, yeah, you get to that revenge. Like, I mean, he was definitely angry and everything, but like, I don't know, to set somebody on fire. I don't know. I don't know. So, something about those didn't quite fit. And, um, and I also don't know what the truth is, per se. I mean, I know that, right. I, I believe anyway, 
Um, he did not plead guilty by insanity. Like that was never used in his defense. But also, I don't remember reading anything when I was doing the research about, you know, like, you know, evoking this image of her being the devil, like how literally he, he thought that. Yeah. Uh, whereas in, in this, it does kind of, I, I kind of read that line as him like, oh, like he literally thinks she's a devil. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, ding, ding, ding. Here's our reason for, for his, his, his move here. But anyway. Right. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that would probably look a lot different in a, in a version of this that would happen now. Um, yeah. It wouldn't be quite so muddled, I guess. Right. Uh, and then we would just go home happy. It was like, oh, yeah, I know exactly why he did that, right? <laughs> Feeling much better. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Uh, it's terrible. I mean, I did like, at least like cinematically, that they got, there was another guest at the hotel, motel, that was sort of yeah. out on the balcony, I think, emptying her ashtray or something. <laughs> uh, right. And of course, like she's, you know, got like a hairnet on and is pushing 70 or whatever, but she oh, she yeah. witnesses the event there. Uh, and David peels out in the uh, in the car there as it explodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was interesting that, you know, we talked about that telegram that Charles sent in the tee up that he sends Marie saying, you know, I, by the time you read this, I will have terminated my existence. David's been in a bad accident. Just right. the the thought that there was somebody at some company that had to call Marie and read that to her. Like that's all I've yeah. been thinking that seems like oh, this poor, poor woman. Like again, like there's just yeah. there's not a single role in this movie that's <laughs> not filled with some sort of like, oh God, I gotta do what? So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That was crazy. I mean I I kind of found it interesting then just to transition in the second half. I don't know how much we need to really say about this, but uh, just some of the like specific details getting into it, you know, how do you identify and and prove who this kid is in this situation? Like that, I didn't even think about that when we were talking about the story to begin with. Um, Good God, yeah, that's tough. And then the flip side of that is being the parent who doesn't want to believe that that's your kid. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought all that stuff was kind of interesting. It was nice that it was in there because I'm sure that is the reality of the situation. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know how much time you want to dwell on the hospital half of this, but I, I did. It crossed my mind, Craig, about seeing this kid in these bandages when he's completely covered and how much larger the head looks and just some of the discussion they had, if the elephant man ever entered the conversation just amongst uh, the the filmmakers there, um, because, you know, they get into that a little bit about what it means to be normal. And, you know, you get some of the staring eyes when Right. He even just goes into the hospital cafeteria. Now, some of that are eyes that, oh, there he is. That's the boy. Like, that's, it's so great to see him out. But then there's, right. you know, there's that kid and his mom is like, mom, what is it? You know, and you know, yeah. like, that's going to be a part of it. Um, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, if there's, if there's any other little details from the hospital side of this thing that you either liked or just found interesting. Well, I, I, I liked the bit where uh where he he'd been there for a while and and some other little girl had been burned i think and she was blind now and they had him go talk to her yeah 
Uh, that was, yeah, crazy. And like, like definitely excruciating a little bit like, uh, I don't know. A, a part of me was like, wait, so this kid has been through this horrible traumatic experience. Now you want him to go talk to this girl who was burned and tell her everything's going to be fine. That's that's a rough thing to ask. Yeah. Like, how does a kid even know things are going to be fine? But, but I mean, at the same time, it's good. It's like, here are some other kids. Like, in, like you need people who are in your situation. Right. When you're in a situation like that. Like, to have a bunch of people who have never been burned by someone they trust uh, tell you everything's going to be fine doesn't mean shit. Well, um, and I also thought about that kind of thing in terms of there was what appeared to be a, a therapist of sorts who... When, you know, you have this big moment where David is playing with dolls and he picks a, a boy doll to basically stand in as his father and he ends up like smashing the, the doll against yeah. a hospital tray. And then, you know, this therapist is telling Marie that this is good. Like the quicker David can get his anger out, the quicker he can get over it and let it go. I was like, I don't know. But I mean, no, yeah. this kid has like earned the right to be like pissed off about his dead forever and he's never going to completely yeah. like forget it or like i don't know i was just no. like that's that's a lot for <laughs> it's going to be like under everything that he ever yeah. does and it's going to be under there i don't know when he becomes a if he becomes a dad someday like yeah. oh man like yeah it's going to be no end to the issues that's going to create yeah, if you're yeah. calling yourself an analyst like i don't know if that's the real <laughs> approach there or i feel like my professional diagnosis is he's angry. yeah Oh, uh, really? one other thing that was driving me crazy was um, how often they kept touching David in the hospital. Mm. I was like, man, yeah. no, I guarantee you. That's got to hurt. Yeah. It was yeah. like she's putting her hand on his head. And I'm just like, no, nah, I know those bandages are there, but still it's going to hurt like a mofo. Oh, man. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it is really just an experience that stays in the moment. And, you know, I think mm -hmm. it's highlighted by the unveiling of his face, you know, yeah. and, uh, is it horrible me of me to ask if you, what did you think? Okay. Like what did, did you didn't you want to ask, did I laugh? Yeah. Didn't you? Okay. Did you laugh? Um, well, I'll say like, I mean, his, the actual face, as far as I'm concerned, like the makeup looked, great yeah like it looked pretty like what i would expect i guess um yeah i, I don't know the, the the thing one of the things i kept thinking was uh, maybe this this is this is the like the tough questions like if this was one of my kids burned to that extent right yeah like i know my kid now as far as i'm concerned my kid will never be burned like that so the idea of seeing my kid burn like that would be horrifying sure. like i imagine like, like, I don't know what my reaction would be, but that would be f just probably one of the most intense things I would ever experience. Like, I don't know, like, like, uh, God, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, obviously you would want to act like everything is going to be fine, mm -hmm. but man, I don't know. I don't know. Seeing your kid's face like that for the first time. I don't know. Yeah. Would you throw up? Like, I don't know. No, like, that would I be, don't know. I don't even know how I would control myself. Yeah, it would be devastating. But as a movie audience, I mean, yeah. it's tough because you know it's makeup. And so, sure. and then, like, he sticks his tongue out, which I think would be a perfectly oh, normal yeah. thing for a kid to do in that situation. Um, but then they have uh, Bernadette Peters kiss him on the mouth, 
which again it's just like well you know she's kissing makeup <laughs> it's just weird it's just weird like it's weird yeah, yeah. it takes you i don't know i That's felt true. like it, like even just like pulling back a little bit on that it yeah. wouldn't quite take me out of the moment um and like my position right. as like an empathetic human being <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i'm blaming them basically yeah. is what i'm saying well and and yeah i mean and and the other bits i i was assuming uh, and this did take me out a little bit. I was assuming when he was completely wrapped in bandages that that was a puppet. Yeah, I would guess A lot so, of those yeah. seemed like k- kind of puppetish. Mm-hmm. I did like Matthew Lawrence's little voice that he used after. The, yeah. I mean, that was kind of crazy. I thought it was cool. Yeah. And it would have been, uh, I think some of that would have come out then. It's like, okay, now you're home. Now what? You know, you don't have right. 24-7 care. Uh, and seeing that side yeah. of it would have been an interesting choice. Uh, like this is where, yeah, this is where you really see how, how much your life is going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two little things. We do get our sort of intercut courtroom appearance and, right. uh, I don't know. I'm a little unsure about the timeline and exactly how long David was in the hospital and like how quickly this, this trial happened of Charles. But I thought it was interesting that, you know, in his moment in court when he gets to speak and he tries to stand up and the bailiff makes him sit his ass right back down, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mentions that he forgives John and Marie in, in his statement that he makes to the court, which that, again, was like one more thing. It was like, okay, oh. yeah, that that sort of paints a very clear picture of who this guy is. Uh, but yeah. then also in, in David's triumphant moment of leaving the hospital, they intercut to Charles in his prison cell. Oh, yeah. And he, well, he's got like a, a TV in there, which I, I mean, I don't know. I just felt like that that's not happening. Um, I mean, he's in a cell <laughs> by nice himself. Prison. Yeah, he's got his wooden yeah. TV in there. So I don't know. That was one of those. I doubt very seriously that happened. I, I just can't imagine. I mean, yeah. maybe he was in like the uh, cafeteria or somewhere where they might have had a common room where they might have had a TV in prison right. but in his cell by himself. I doubt it. Well, I mean that that and like the, I don't know if the coverage of him being rolled out of that uh, hospital was quite the continuous take event. I, I doubt it. That it seems to be portrayed as you know yeah. like like it was probably covered later on the seven thirty news. Yeah, with like a couple shots of him getting rolled they out. They weren't live from the scene. Yeah, <laughs> right. Any second now. I don't know. Who knows? Uh. Yeah, hey, the 80s were a very different time. I like the little end, though. We get to see pictures of actual uh, David Rothenberg or Dave Dave mm-hmm. and see what he looks like now or at the time. And he's on a skateboard ramp. He's got his dog. And uh, the last thing they leave you with is that uh, they tell us that uh, he likes to listen to punk rock and skateboard. And I was like, oh, yeah. this kid's going to be all right, you know? It sounded pretty <laughs> yeah. good, yeah. It's like, God bless the 80s. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's it. I don't. I don't know. It's a tough one to really sort of uh, say yay or nay to. I guess it's yeah. an experience. Is it a good movie? It's I don't know. An experience. Yeah. <laughs> Is it a truthful movie? Probably. It feels like it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if this was, you know, if this was like a news story that you had heard about, yeah. and you were like, "Whoa, really?" Like that might be the time to. Yeah, you should be the person to, to check this movie out. You know. Yeah. Or even a documentary but, uh, would be pretty interesting. Um, yeah. You know. Well, I would be. Yeah, I would be most interested to see exactly what kind of a person Charles was, because I feel like from what I had read and what you had told us last time on the tee up, 
he seemed like a more violent person to begin with. Yeah. Than than what was portrayed here. So yeah, and they mentioned offhand that, that he had been arrested for you know. I did think that that yeah. was kind of interesting. Is that you know after this all happens, John the cop finds out, and then he informs the police in uh, Irvine that oh yeah, this guy's well you know he even had some dealings with the FBI because uh, he's got a long rap yeah. sheet. And I was like, shouldn't the cops in Irvine know that by now? Like, didn't they look into that immediately? <laughs> I just thought that was kind of weird, but yeah. Obviously, there's a lot there. And then also, I mean, I think a documentary would have delved into the legal ramifications of this case because, yeah. you know, it makes for like a compelling moment in the in the trial where the judge is like, you know, if it were up to me, you'd be in prison for the rest of your life. But unfortunately, the law only allows that I can, you know, hand out a maximum sentence in this case of 13 years. Um, and that's, yeah. de- you know, just a heart-wrenching blow to like everybody. Um, to think that this yeah. guy will get back out again. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean... And that was also... I guess that was also the point of the movie. In some ways, too. Yeah, but, it, yeah. It, like, that's, again, like, man, a documentary could just dive deeply into all that stuff and mm-hmm. what the law looks like specifically and what the lawyers were thinking and all that. So, I don't know. I'm sure Netflix will get around to making that one day, you know, at this rate. Yeah, they're making... <laughs> documenting every moment of our yeah. lives so far. Why not? So we'll see. So we'll see. Uh, Craig. Sean. I'm not even going to ask you if you recommend this movie. I think we'll just let our uh, analysis speak for itself because I don't even know what I would say to that question myself. Um, Do you want to give us any last words before we say goodbye to the people and tell them to come back next time uh, for our tee-up of uh, another TV movie called Special Bulletin? Oh, yeah. I do have some last words, Sean. I think it's kind of our takeaway from the movie here. I just want to speak directly to our listeners right now. No matter what your situation is, she's not the devil. Yep. Just, she's not. She's not the devil. Keep that in mind. Right. I mean, everybody knows the devil's a man anyway. I mean, that's like every depiction you've ever seen of the devil is like he's a man. It would seem fitting. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Craig, that's great. Thanks. We'll talk next time. 